Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper. And I'm your co-host, Hunter Heineman, and uh, we got two extra people here today on the podcast. Uh, we have Tim Cohane. He's from Michigan in the Upper Peninsula. What what part of it is it again? Well, it's the part. Yeah, Michigan is divided into two peninsulas, and we're in the better part. The better part. <laughs> yeah. There must be a north. And we, south we call we call, it, we call it the lower lower forty seven and a half. I live in the, the other half there, and I'm up from Michigan, bordering awesome. Lake Michigan and Lake Superior. Very cool. And then we have uh, Lucas Michelhannon. He's from uh, Missouri as well with me outside of Steelville, Missouri. So uh, we are here at Safari International. Safari in Club in International down in Music City, man. Yes. First, first time I've been here. You've been here at Music City before? Yes, sir. Yeah, this is oh. probably my third or fourth time to, to Nashville, and I'd say this is probably the the third show that I've worked here along with Lucas. He, yep. He's a big help every year. We set the booth up and come out and just talk to all the uh, outdoorsmen that show up to this thing. It's a huge deal. I think there's 3,700 booths or something set up here right now, and it, it, we're in a it's big giant enormous. Building. How many football fields could you fit in here? <laughs> oh, quite a few. A lot. <laughs> but, uh, hey, this is, I do believe, the largest show of its kind on the face of the earth. I could see why, boy, people from all over the world here. It's going to be an interesting couple of days I'm going to spend here. But, hey, we want to pick uh, Tim's brain just a little, little bit. The Upper Peninsula. Now, I've always, now, I've never been up there, Tim, other than just drive through. You know, never stop and look around and all that sort of thing. But the thing I remember about the Upper Peninsula, I used to be a big reader, reader of outdoor life as a kid, always interested in the outdoors. There's something about Michigan deer hunters. <laughs> from the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> well, deer hunting up there in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, it's uh, there's places in the country where there are much bigger deer, many more deer, but the quality of hunting and the quality of the time you'll have there with your hunting buddies is second to none. I do have a client who uh, opening morning of the hunting season would shoot a 10-point where he was in lower Michigan. Then he'd bring about six, seven of his guys and come up north and hunt the rest of the season just for the camaraderie and the fun of being in the Upper Peninsula. Well, you hit the nail on the head. That's what I remember is the big, fabulous deer camps that the Upper oh, Peninsula man. was known for. And if I remember correctly, a lot of those camps uh, were held on timber company properties, if I'm not mistaken. There is a lot of uh, uh, timber-owned company up there. It's in a program called CFA, Commercial Forest Act. And what it is, is open to the public for hunting, fishing, and trapping during the seasons. And so a lot of people can come up here, own like a five-acre parcel with a small cabin on it, but have thousands of acres in order to explore and hunt. That's kind of like the Missouri Ozarks. Yeah, it's pretty simple. <laughs> similar. We got a lot of public ground, Mark Twain National Forest, um, that's open to the public. So if we have a 
a piece of, you know, a parcel that's 80 acres and they can walk out their back door and walk across the, the line and be on thousands and thousands of Mark Twain. Hundreds of thousands, so. millions of acres. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's a sweet thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Lucas must be one of those people. <laughs> yeah. No, I've actually never hunted on public ground. I, I, I'm near it all. I see it all, but I've always uh, hunted on our, our personal properties there yeah i know how lucas is he's hoping all those hunters will show up on that public property <laughs> run them off the public property on right the right right. Into my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know i've hunted i've hunted like that too man it's grand you got a little piece of property next to uh, the national forest properties because so many people do come into those areas to hunt and tim i'm sure that's the same scenario up in the upper peninsula but you know hey we're we're here all of us representing land leader and uh, living the dream outdoor properties and uh going to be thousands of people go through here and you guys might be talked out by the time this is over but i'm, I'm going to eavesdrop on you guys a little bit in the next couple of days it's going to be interesting sure. to see what the northerners are selling and what the southern guys are selling yep, yep. so yeah t if if you are looking for something in michigan tim is very knowledgeable and he's been in the business a very very long time so i would highly recommend him to anybody looking for anything to buy or sell in that state uh, how long have you been in the business? Time? I've been, uh, this will be my 33rd year. Um, wow. Been doing it. Uh, been an owner for since my fourth year. And so uh, have had a couple offices, but primarily in the Upper Peninsula, Northeastern Wisconsin. Uh, you know, the Lower Michigan is another great place to hunt and fish and trap. But uh, my expertise is in the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Yeah. And uh, so going touching a little bit more on that can you can you talk to the people a little bit about maybe um what pricing is doing up there because that's a big topic in the real estate world today with as much change as we've experienced in the past four years um maybe just touch in a little bit about that on some of the properties that you specialize in and and what one of those might look like doesn't have to be down to a, a science, but, you know, just arrange so people kind of know if it's something with this just timber here's or what water. I, uh, here's what I've experienced over my 33 years in real estate. Um, I've, 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 there was an article in one of our, I can't remember whether it was Field Stream, Outdoor Life, or one of them, but that's saying that Upper Michigan was one of the best places in the country to get the best bang for your buck. And I'm not talking about the buck being the deer. I'm talking about <laughs> finding a, de a really nice piece of property for a reasonable amount of money. Now, Typical 40 up our ways goes for about $1,000 an acre, maybe a little more, uh, sometimes a little less. Uh, we do have um, some properties that are very remote, and because of what we get for our winters are somewhat severe. And so wintertime, unless you're willing to go out on a snow machine, skis, or have a track vehicle <laughs> like I have, it's pretty hard to get them out, out in the wintertime. Therefore, the prices are a little more reduced. It's a longer travel but it's well worth it. The Upper Peninsula is a one-of-a-kind kind of place here in the United States. It really is. It's very well known. Like I say, I followed that. And I had a, a real good friend of mine, unfortunately, passed away just a few years ago, but was from the Upper Peninsula. His name was Jack Peters, and he came to the Missouri Ozarks as the very first park ranger on the Ozark National Scenic Riverways. That was in 1967, and the Park Service had exactly 70 acres bought up at the time and poor jack one of his duties was to introduce the national park service to the local hillbillies along the jack's fork <laughs> and current river and and break the news to them that their farms were going to be you know condemned right uh, and and the uh, uh, park service was 
going to take those lands. That that didn't set too well with a lot of people. But I'm it, sure it didn't. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Can you imagine having to give it up a uh, farm right along the Jack's Fork or the current river after it had been in your family for decades and decades? But it's a wonderful national park, and millions of people come and, and visit. And uh, But Jack had a rough, tough job. I could tell. And he actually rode a horse the length of that current river, upper current river country, to patrol for many, many years as well. But but what a gentleman, but from the Upper Peninsula. And I thought after Jack retired, he'd probably go back. Huh. He talked about it a lot. Did he, did he tell you what their nicknames are up there in the Upper Peninsula? They, we go by Youpers. <laughs> that, that's uh, Upper Peninsula, U-P, and then a variety of it was well, is Youpers. So we're all Youpers up there. Yeah. Well, he now, used a few words, too, that I can't repeat on, on the air. <laughs> I've heard those words, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in, in general, you know, I know there's no such thing as an average property, but are you selling primarily rural properties up there? Or? Yes, sir. Well, most of our properties that I sell in my, my particular niche I've been lucky enough to be part of is usually wooded. Um, uh, sometimes inaccessible properties by you know, by car. You have to have a either a high high uh, vehicle like a truck or or, or an SUV or and or probably a, a four wheeler or side by side to get to. Uh, people tell me they want a remote property and they don't want to see any neighbors. And I take them out to it and they say, "Oh, this is way too far in the woods for us." <laughs> I didn't mean this. And, well, that's what remote is for the Upper Peninsula. So yeah, there's get remote ready. and there's remote. Yeah. Yep. And if you like trees, we got trees. We got lots, lots of trees. and lots of trees. Lots of trees. Well, do you get lots of requests from people wanting properties on the water? Was it a small stream, river, lake, whatever? We we get quite a few requests for that, and of course they want it for as little money as they want to possibly sure. pay for it. But they want it private. They want year round access. They want water, and of course they want ten point bucks to run in front of their door every day. <laughs> we have something like that, but not exactly. But we have a lot of great quality properties, and water is a big deal for for Michigan. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I was told by somebody that in a hundred years Michigan will be the most populated state in the country because of water. Wow. A lot of likes of think who, about it. You, know, it. you can't drink oil. You, yeah. can't, you can't drink salt water. That's that's water. Sure. We have fresh water in every direction. Yep. Is it Minnesota that's called the Late, uh, land of 10,000 lakes? It, exactly. We have almost 5,000 lakes in the Upper Peninsula alone. Wow, that, that's still an awful lot of them. And uh, <clears throat> so people have great access, great possibilities. And if you're a fisherman, good through the roof. Go. Through the roof. What you, kind of fish? Well, you can t get everything from big Lakers, which we have a, a replica of one of the largest ones taken out of Lake Superior, was 53 pounds and 49 inches long, wow. uh, up to 7-inch brook trout and everything in between. We have bass. We have rainbow trout. We, ha we have uh, crappie. Uh, if it's a, a freshwater fish, we have it. Oh, I sound, sounds like an outdoorsman haven for sure. Well, Tim, don't mean to put you on the spot, but, you know, uh, I've been working in the outdoor media field for 54 years, and I haven't been to the Upper Peninsula. Now, surely you've got a, a, a remote <laughs> little cabin out there somewhere sitting on a salmon stream or something that uh, an outdoor rider could sneak in for six months. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, you know, the the living off grid became pretty popular for a while, and maybe it still is. But we get a lot of people now who are not afraid to live in the woods on their own. You know, it's not like you're going to farm and, and grow your own vegetables and all that stuff. But there's plenty of meat, plenty of fish, and you know, have to go to the grocery store to buy your vegetables. Well, I could I could handle that. Yeah. 
Johnny Ozark. I, I was going to say. Of us, some of us are living on deer meat, but some of us, I found out, Lucas, I was one of three people in the whole state of Missouri that didn't tell a deer this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got one opening day, so I didn't have there, to go out anymore after There that. were 326,029 deer killed in the state of Missouri. First five days I went out, I didn't see a deer of any kind. Really? Wow. Yeah. My wife accused me of sleeping the whole time. That <laughs> might have been true. Might have been. You know? might have been. <laughs> well, first day was on a big farm down in texas county and i've killed deer there before killed lots of turkeys there we walked right under a big block of turkeys yeah. original plan was to turkey hunt but we changed our plan midship and went deer hunting didn't <laughs> see a deer the day after I left they killed five in there oh man ah, so, they're hiding from you yeah man that, hey just luck of the draw <laughs> but, but, but tim it's uh, been great to have you on the show, man. W- wish you well here at uh, Safari Club. I, I want, just want to extend uh, to to your listeners a personal invite that please come up to the Upper Peninsula. Uh, come around Marquette. That's where my office is, but I cover the entire Upper Peninsula, and I'd love to show you some properties. Well, I sound like awesome. he could do it. Amazing. Yeah, that, I mean, the more Tim was talking, it, it, it is, it's pretty interesting to hear uh, kind of their market and what he specializes in. And, and we, the more he talks about it, I think Missouri's, very similar to his market, except that uh, our winters are probably not as harsh. <laughs> it's a uh, bit more mild. <laughs> yeah, typically more mild. And I think, uh, uh, you know, it. we have remote properties, but maybe not as remote as what he's talking about. So I think that's why our, our pricing point is just a little bit uh, above his. But, um, yeah, we have, we have some amazing brokers all across the United States. Um, anywhere you're really looking in the U.S., we can get you connected with the right brokerage to work with um, and the right agents that can help you buy or sell. Um, we have certain agents within each brokerage that <clears throat> some of them work primarily with sellers, some of them work primarily with, with buyers, some of us work with both. So, I mean, whatever your goal is, is what we're going to focus on and, and help achieve that that dream, as I say, from Missouri, living the dream. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Lucas. Day. Lucas is here. He he works uh, on my team with with a lot of buyers, and he helps me with scheduling and and uh, very good thing too because I can't be everywhere at once. Oh, exactly. Um, and I can brag on Lucas because he helped us buy and sell both. And yeah, he took my wife into a, a, a house. We were looking scale down big time. We took her into a house. And, yeah, this is nice. I like this. You know. Well, in, in about three minutes, we were ready to sign papers. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a great house. <laughs> he, he sold there very quickly. We're very, very happy there. But, Tim, i got to ask you more, one more question. I don't know a lot about the north, but also I do know a little bit about uh, rough grouse hunting. Any of that available out there? Grouse are fantastic up where uh, we are. There you go. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're, we're close to what's considered the grouse capital of the United States. That's uh, just over the, over the border in Wisconsin. Exactly. And uh, yeah, rough grouse are they're awesome. They're, uh, they're the best fishing game playing? I ever had. You got bird dogs? Yes, we, we they, a lot of people hunt with bird dogs. A lot of bear <laughs> hunting's done with dogs. Uh, I'm yeah. loving this place more all the time. Oh yeah, it, it, it's just uh, what what you want if you want a real northern experience and want to experience wildlife. I mean, we have moose up there, and they're lower Michigan. They have elk. Um, they're hard to get tagged for. You can't get a tag for a moose yet, but uh, nonetheless, we have just about every type of wildlife you'd have in the Northwoods are right there where I live. Well, man, I, I tell you what, if you do a good as good a job selling real estate as you do selling the Michigan outdoors. <laughs> I'm, I'm the greatest doing... ambassador for the Upper Peninsula you're ever going to find, even though I wasn't born there. I, I believe that, and I just met you. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break here, but don't go away. We'll be right back with more Living the Dream Outdoors podcast 
from Safari Club International meeting down in Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Drury Outdoors, and you're listening to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast with Bill Cooper and Hunter Heineman. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1 800 367 4516. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Woodhaven Custom Calls and Mafio Camouflage and Drury Outdoors. And I'm here to give you a spring turkey hunting tip number one scout, scout, and scout more. I think. A lot of emphasis is on calling, hunting strategies, uh, learning, uh, you know, turkey hunt, spring turkey habits, but scouting can be the most overlooked tool to success, in my opinion. And what I mean by scout, scout, and more scout, I, I don't mean just going out and listening for birds in the morning, maybe one time and getting a location of where they're at. Learn where they're at. Spend several mornings out there scouting. Learn your terrain. Get to know every nook and cranny of your hunting area. Get to know where they're roosting. Get to know where they're coming down and hitting the ground and heading far in the morning. What direction? Strut areas. Areas they like to hang later in the morning. Areas they like to dust. Areas they like to feed. And you'll put yourself in a way better position to hunt those gobblers. Uh, knowing where they're at, what they're doing all day, because sometimes, in fact, many times you don't get them killed early in the morning right off the roost. You have to go for a later morning hunt or a midday hunt. Well, the better you know what those turkeys are doing, the better chance you'll be in the right place to get one to gobble later in the morning and have success. Hi folks, it's Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation with a little habitat hint here. Uh, no surprise, uh, we are in the middle of a pretty severe drought across most of mid-Missouri. Uh, would encourage folks to take a look at diversifying their grazing systems. Uh, right now the department, NRCS, and other partners do have cost share available for the establishment of native form season grasses for grazing and hay purposes. What a great program. What a wonderful way of diversifying your grazing system and actually having 
a drought tolerant, productive grass in the months of June, July, and August. If you're looking for more information, would encourage you go to go to the Missouri Department of Conservation's website at mdc.mo.gov. And in the upper right-hand corner is contacts. Go to your county and find your private land conservationist for your county uh, to set up a meeting to look at ways that you can improve your property, not only for wildlife, but also forage production for your cattle. Hey, everybody, this is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. Check out my buddy's podcast show, Living the Dream Outdoors with Bill Cooper and Hunter Hindman. You're really going to enjoy this week's show. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor podcast. I'm Bill Cooper, and I hope you joined us for that first segment. We're talking about the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. What a great outdoor destination. Sounds like a sportsman's paradise. Lots of things to do up there. Lots of wild, wild country, which kind of surprised me. I guess there's wild and wilder up there, but also a lot of water in that part of the world. And you can find about anything that you want to do in the outdoors. You can hunt, fish, and uh, of course, Michigan's always been known for its deer hunting. Lots of deer hunters, lots of deer hunting tails, lots of great deer hunting camps, but also a multitude of species of fish to fish for. So if you're looking for a new destination this year, check out the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Hey, you might also look into buying property up there. Some uh, great bargains, it sounds like, particularly if you're wanting to work, get away from it all and get into the great outdoors. Well, closer to home, I'm, like a lot of my buddies, starting to think and plan for this spring turkey season coming up and uh, some new regulations in Missouri. You'll be able to hunt uh, on private properties all day long, but still on public properties, you got to give it up at 1 o'clock so that other people who are uh, not necessarily turkey hunters but hikers, backpackers, walkers, bikers, bird watchers, whomever, uh, can get out on those lands and share them as well uh, during the spring turkey season. That spring turkey season in Missouri runs April 15th to May 5th this year. So be sure and get your tags early, get all your equipment ready, get ready for the Missouri spring turkey season. Great time to be in the outdoors. Usually the red buds uh, are blooming maybe finishing up dogwoods are blooming the hills are just gorgeous you got all the fresh spring scents and smells you got wildflowers popping everywhere everywhere and of course uh our very favored morel mushrooms are starting to come on the scene and nothing like hey some maybe fresh crappie or bluegill fillets some fried morels and hey some wild turkey breast to go with it but i'm looking forward to the turkey season this year i'm going to be using a lot of new equipment i kind of got a new wardrobe from uh, hey top to bottom i picked up a winchester super xp pump 20 gauge shotgun that i'm really looking forward to using a lot of people have uh started going to the smaller calibers and i've always been a 12 gauge man but going to take this 20 gauge challenge and uh try to get it done but this mossy oak uh, camo gun's got the high vis sight for quick sight acquisition and i love it it's a 24 inch barrel makes it great in the brush and the tight spots and uh of course it's got a tight turkey choke in it and i'm gonna be shooting a three inch 
TSS number nine shot. I'm really looking forward to see what that TSS shot is going to do and uh, heard all kinds of good things about it. People talk about it extending their range. Uh, I'm not too much on trying to extend my range much because I like calling those birds in close. That's the fun of it, listening to them gobble and hope to hear them uh, strut as well. It's I'm old enough and deaf enough. It's difficult for me sometimes to hear that spitting drum, but but get them close enough, that shouldn't be a problem. And I'm really looking forward to that coming up uh, this spring turkey season. And I hope you get out and enjoy the turkey season as well and have some Hey, there they are, gobbling now. Time to get the shotgun. But I'm also going to be some using some other products, uh, some new Avian X uh, uh, turkey decoys. These are some of the most realistic decoys you'll find anywhere. Been on the market for a, a, well, quite some time. But I'm going to be using a lay-down breeder hen, and sometimes uh, that's all it takes to get a gobbler to come the extra few steps to get him within gun range, particularly if you've got a Jake decoy around it or another gobbler. Also come on using a, <coughs> excuse me, a lookout in decoy and a trophy Tom decoy. And my experience with uh, big gobbler decoys is sometimes they work and sometimes they don't because the younger gobbler, particularly two-year-olds, might be intimidated by these big gobblers. And that often has to do with the size of the beards on, on those things because that's a visible thing that uh, other turkeys can see. And I have been known actually to trim those beards down a little bit so that they may not appear to be the dominant gobbler in the area and a equal or bigger gobbler won't be in so intimidated and might just come strutting right in to pick a fight or to take over the harem. <coughs> I'm also planning on using a lot of HS calls this year. I've used a variety of calls over the years, and believe me, there's plenty of good brands and awesome calls on, on the market, and they're usually always developed by good turkey hunters, so that's good for us as turkey hunters. Turkey calls built by turkey hunters for turkey hunters just can't get any better than that. But some of the new calls I've picked up include the Drury's Outdoor Signature Box Call, which really sounds sweet, and also Drury Outdoor Signature Crow Call and a Coyote Howler. Uh, as far as the uh, locator calls go, a Coyote Howler is one of my very favorite calls to use, and they're not very difficult to blow, and uh Turkey gobbler just can't seem to resist shock gobbling at the sound of a coyote howl. And uh, I guess they just hate these uh, coyotes so badly that they can't resist the temptation to gobble at them, especially while they're still sitting on the roost because they know that coyote can't get them, but they want to scold them anyway. But some other calls I'm going to use, I've got quite a variety of HS uh, mouth calls or diac calls that I'm going to try out this year look forward to doing that I also picked up a final roost box call this is a smaller box call with a little bit higher pitch call to it and uh, I think I'm sure it'll surely make the turkeys gobble and that's the fun part of it and one of the hardest things uh, for hunters not to do is to call too much to gobblers on the, while they're on the roost because a gobbler, if he hears a hen calling, many, many times he's going to stay on the roost and keep gobbling, and he's he's up high. He can see a long ways through the woods, and he's looking for that hen to come through the 
woods to him, and that's the natural order of things. Usually the hens do go and naturally go to the gobblers. Gobblers love it when they come up, you know, right under the tree, so to speak, and all they got to do is fly down off the tree and hit the ground and pick up the ladies. So you got to be careful not to call too much to a gobbler while he's on the on the roost. Uh, a lot of turkey hunters say, hey, you got them gobble that first time, you got them located, you start closing in on them a bit, and uh, don't don't call too much. But that's a very hard thing to do because I certainly like to listen to them gobble as well, just like anybody else does. But use a little bit of caution, use your good judgment, and hope you tag that gobbler this year. But another uh, call I into you intend to use is uh, called a cookie cutter. It's a pot call that comes from uh, HS, and they are, uh, I've already used that call, been practicing, you know, go outside and do that <laughs> so you don't get in trouble in the house with the wife. But uh, some other products that I'm going to use, uh, I prefer not to hunt out of a blind when I go out to the turkey woods, but uh, some days, hey, I enjoy just sitting in that blind and working the turkeys and uh, see if they'll come to me in a blind course i use them a lot when i take kids because they can get away with a lot more movement inside that blind but i picked up a, a big hawk blind it's called a man cave it's big enough for three adults and all their equipment to set in a turkey blind and you know it's a great deal of fun to hunt with someone else you can chit chat a little bit and uh have a good time a little camaraderie while you're out there in the turkey woods although honestly i do prefer to Turkey hunt alone most of the time because, uh, hey, just a whole lot less movement, less noise. And uh, most turkeys I've killed in my lifetime, I've killed 105 of them over the decades. And uh, almost all of them I have killed while hunting alone. But keep safety in the back of your mind at all times because particularly if you're hunting public ground, there may be other hunters out there. And make sure that you use all the safety measures because turkey hunting is still one of our most dangerous hunting sports because, hey, we're all in camo. And uh, make sure that you identify your target before you pull that trigger because once you pull that trigger, you can never bring that shot back. And you certainly don't want to wound somebody else or worse than that, cause of death because of uh, taking a, a, a poor quality shot. Make sure you can see the background behind you make sure you're clear and uh, hunt defensively too don't wear any red white or blue clothing that uh, someone might identify as a turkey's head or misidentify and uh, just remain safe and if you see one coming uh, towards you you know yell at them and let them know where you are but be careful about even handkerchiefs don't take a white handkerchief to the woods you pull that out and it could look like the white head of a gobbler but just be so careful out there and enjoy your hunt and make sure you live to hunt another day but uh one of the coolest items i picked up for this year is blocker outdoor uh clothing i picked up the finisher uh, shirt and pants man they're good looking uh and durable camo and uh, a terra camo which of course stands for terrain but I've also picked up a finisher Max Pro Turkey vest and bottomland camo. And man, this is just look like the ultimate turkey vest because I love lots of pockets, got lots of places to store all that gear, new gear I've just picked up. Got a 
big, thick seat cushion on it because I, I love to be comfortable when I'm out in the turkey woods. And I've discovered over the decades, if I'm comfortable, I'm going to stay in the woods and stick with it a whole lot longer. So I've got quite a few things, new toys to play with this spring turkey season. Got some good uh, friends lined up to turkey hunt with, and I'm just looking forward to going to do a little camping out during turkey season too. And I've applied for a special turkey hunt down on Peck uh, Ranch Wildlife Area. Uh, I hope to get drawn into that special season as well. And, uh, man, just so looking to get out in the turkey woods and listen to the birds gobble. Watch that whole beautiful process of spring taking place when, you know, it's a mating season of the wild turkeys and they're kind of like bucks, you know, their uh, demeanor changes and they're a little less worried than they are the, the rest of the year. But, hey, they're still pretty sharp. A turkey's eyesight's about 10 times that of ours. And the important thing is to blend in with your surroundings, keep movement to a minimum, and, uh, because sometimes I swear a turkey gobbler can see your when you blink your eyes, you know. So <laughs> it's quite a challenge and it's quite a feat if you can get out and fool a wild old turkey gobbler and get him to come to you. That's against the natural order of things because normally the hens go to them. But sometimes they just can't stand it. And you'll have a lot of two-year-old birds that will run right in on you because, hey, they're kind of the teenagers of the turkey world, and they're looking for a love of their life, you know. But what a great time to be in the outdoors. And don't just turkey hunt. Take a little time. You can turkey hunt in the morning, maybe harvest that turkey. Take the afternoon. Go fish after a nap, of course. Get out and uh, do a little crappie fishing, bass fishing, or bluegill fishing. Have a little fish fry. And, man, Oh, it's just a, such a great time to make memories with family and friends and uh, just uh, memories that you will remember for the rest of your life. Re remember, be safe, and shoot straight. Hey, me and all my friends and uh, cohorts here at Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we're living our outdoor dreams. We encourage, encourage you to get outdoors and live your outdoor dreams as well. I'm Bill Cooper. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Boat Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Boat Fishing at 573-263-8016. Again, that's 573-263-8016. Be sure and shoot straight. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. 
On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On the Hook TV, Expedition Trailers, The Rambling Angler, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.